Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. Welcome to part two of our special edition on the Chinese Lunar New Year with a Caribbean touch. I'm Lushin in Beijing. My guests have been three young ambassadors from the region, each with a unique China story. Annalisa Lau, ambassador of Trinidad and Tobago to China, Halem Henry, ambassador of Barbados to China, and Ian Marshall Grenada's ambassador to China. In the previous episode, we heard your personal experiences involving China, witnessed your Chinese skills or Chinese Tai Chi skills and much more. Now during this episode, we'll continue to discuss what the friendship between China and your country means for the people and for the economic development of uh, your country. Of course, we'll um, also showcase some of the products you can bring to the Chinese market in just a moment. But first of all, let's start with uh, Ambassador Henry um, Barbados. What kind of um, uh, economic aspect you can highlight of the relationship after um, 47 years of diplomatic relations between China and your country. Yes, I would be glad to. Um, as you would have stated, 47 years of diplomatic relations, it's a long time. We would have been one of the first countries in the, in the Caribbean to establish relations with, with the People's Republic of China. Since then, China has become a very important partner for us in economic development. And that economic development can be seen in the technical and development assistance in the construction of some key projects in Barbados. Uh, most notably our gymnasium, which is similar to the Gongti here in Beijing. Mm. What is it called? The, the gymnasium. Ah, yes, okay. The gymnasium, yes. So that was constructed with um, Chinese financing and also labor. And it is now the home of many um, festivals, but also events including the Fish and Dragon Festival, which I would have spoken about earlier. Mm. And also in, in the island, we have one of our markets, the Cheapside Market was constructed with Chinese assistance. We have Sam Lord's Castle Hotel, beautiful on the eastern side of the Caribbean, on the eastern side of the island, where Chinese financing and also Chinese contractors and expertise would have last October recently constructed a remodeling and it is now one of the premium hotels in the region. Mm. And this type of assistance, like I said, has been throughout the years. And it's something that we really appreciate because outside of the physical, tangible assistance that you can see, there's also a lot of intangible technology transfer and technical assistance that happens through these exchanges. Mm. And that can also be seen when our professionals, our government officials come to China to study the same. Now, outside of the development assistance, Barbados has also positions itself as an investment domicile within the Caribbean region. Let's get to yeah. that in just a moment. Okay. Let's, let's hear the perspective from Trinidad and Tobago next. Um, is it a similar story for your country as well? The kind of changes, the kind of difference that uh, relations with China has brought to your country? Yes, well, Trinidad and Tobago and China share a very strong, robust economic relationship. Um, Trinidad and Tobago is actually the first CARICOM country uh, whose bilateral trade volume exceeded one billion US dollars with China. Uh, China was also a main importer um, of Trinidad and Tobago's energy exports, such as asphalt, petrochemicals, um, and a wide range of other energy products as well. Uh, we do have a thriving petrochemical industry. Um, in 2018, when our Honorable Prime Minister Dr. Keith Rowley came to China on an official uh, visit, 
um, we were the first English-speaking Caribbean country to sign on to the Belt and Road Initiative. And through that level of cooperation, it really allowed the Trinidad and Tobago to continue to pursue our economic diversification efforts. Because through, that, um, through the Belt and Road Initiative, this year we saw the grand opening of the Phoenix Park Industrial Estate, which is considered the flagship Belt and Road um, project within the Caribbean region. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about this uh, uh, industrial estate. What is it all about and why is it so important for Trinidad and Tobago? Absolutely. The Phoenix Park Industrial Estate is a 5G connected very modern industrial park that is located in the central area in Cuba in Trinidad. It is meant to catalyze the growth of Trinidad and Tobago's non-energy sectors, mainly in high value and light manufacturing, mm. logistics, warehousing, distribution, and of course the emerging industries as well, such as green technologies. So you really see that there is a push um, to continue pursuing our economic diversification efforts, especially in a time where we are all in a turbulent uh, post-pandemic recovery period. So I think that this park is really going to catalyze uh, Trinidad and Tobago's growth and really allow Trinidad and Tobago to be the gateway um, for doing business in the Americas because we are seeing a lot of interest and a lot of traction from Chinese investors and Chinese manufacturers who are looking to expand their business operations in Trinidad and Tobago. We have several who have already signed on at the park and they have already started to export to North America. So you do see a lot of interest from mm. the, the Chinese companies in Trinidad and Tobago as well. Mm. Ian, your side of the story? Yeah. China has been a partner, right? That, that showed that together, togetherness, that growth together, development together. And that commitment was showed when the Chinese government decided to finance and build the national stadium, both cricket stadium and athletic stadium and offered the assistance in maintaining it. Recently, they financed the airport, the renovation of the Morris Bishop International Airport, so economically. There's also agriculture support, technical skills, capacity building, technology. So there's that exchange in, in, in that's happening currently as we speak. And over the past 19 years, that has really helped that, the, the fabric, that economic platform in Grenada mm. to, to grow and to be able to be at the stage it's at now. There's also Chinese companies that have invested heavily in real estate in Grenada. Um, hotels, universities, um, even hospitals. They're in the process now of, of building. Okay. So that, that connection is there. On the private sector, there's lots of private companies trading in building materials, cars, parts, and other household commodities, microwaves, etc. So there's, there's that linkage of trade, both on the government side and on the private sector side. Yeah. And of course, education, again, cap capacity building and training for the nationals. So a lot of things are happening, actually. Uh, we don't come across it in the news so much, but actually a lot of things are happening. I do know that for the Chinese, um, they have their eyes open, they have their <laughs> interest on for fresh products, fresh tastes, you know, from everywhere in the world. And uh, Caribbeans, I'm sure you will um, miss out on that opportunity. So I understand you have brought some uh, items from your region. Shall we take a look at them? 
Who would like to start? No, Ambassador I, I Harry? I would be glad to. And as you, were, as you said correctly, these are products from the Caribbean. I will start with um, the rum because rum is a byproduct of sugar. Mm. And Barbados was the hub of all of the sugar production in the Caribbean at one point of time and the export towards the United Kingdom, who of course would have been colonized at the time. This, What's this? This, yeah. on the other hand, is pepper sauce. And you would see the word Bajan pepper sauce. Bajan is how we colloquially refer to ourselves in Barbados. Bajan. 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 So Bajan is who we are. Bajan is the language we speak. We also have our own dialect called Bajan. Bajan. And Bajan is anything from Barbados. How spicy is this? I Do the Chinese like it? Let's put it this way. You only need a little bit. Oh, not for me then, not for me. <laughs> you only need a little bit. Ambassador Marshall, yeah, Thank you again. what have you brought, what have you prepared from your country? Well, as the Isle of Spice, and I, earlier I mentioned to you about the nutmeg, here I have two, the nutmeg, that's the black, the dark part, yeah. and then the mace, which, which is, is the, the pink, red. Yeah, the red part. Yes, okay. they are all spices that you can use for cooking and medicinal purposes. Medicinal purposes. Medicinal purposes. I see. How right. interesting. Right. Um, and here we have chocolate. Um, what I would say, we've been known in the Caribbean to produce cocoa, mm. cocoa dough, cocoa bean. And um, in particular, the Belmont Estate, which is more than 80 years old and has been in the business of cocoa manufacturing um, from the traditional form of preserving the, the, the cocoa. Mm -hmm to now organic chocolate bars. So uh, Ambassador Lau, yeah, they talk about Caribbean being one, you know, sharing and uh, regional flavor. Um, what have you brought uh, for us today? Uh, I would like to introduce okay. you to our national instrument, the steel pan, as well as talk a little bit about our carnival, the largest and longest street parade in the entire world. So these are the costumes and you brought them from Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, all the way from Trinidad and Tobago. And they were locally crafted by some fashion designers in Trinidad and Tobago mm -hmm. as well, um, who received their influence from our flora, fauna, and our culture as well. Uh, what about this amazing object here? Yes, so this is this. our steel pan, or as the Chinese would say, the gangu. So this is the national instrument of Trinidad and Tobago. It is the only percussion musical instrument that was created and invented in the 20th century. And it really represents the soul, the spirit, and the vitality of us as a people. How does it work? So it's played by two of our six here. As you go further in, it gets higher as well. So this is the lower part of the pan. Would you like to try? Okay. <laughs> Not very musical, but uh, so I should start from here. Wherever you like. So you can hear the different, the different um, sound of each indentation within the pan. Okay. Wow, sounds really... I think you're ready to come to Trinidad and Tobago to participate in one of our <laughs> carnival panorama competitions, don't you think? I will do! <laughs> Deal! <laughs> The gavel, the gavel of Songden. <laughs> the gavel. Wow, this is amazing. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing with us the treasures of uh, the Caribbeans. I've definitely learned a lot today. That was fascinating. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll definitely try more uh, 
nutmeg or chocolate or rum or um, costume maybe <laughs> I cannot imagine having those carnival costumes on but uh, it's <laughs> it's an interesting idea um, but looking into the future right we're all trying to um, enlarge this relationship and make people in both side um, on both sides benefit more from this relationship so what are you aspiring for and what are you pushing for in your work as ambassadors of these countries with here in China? Ambassador Henry. This is the year of the dragon after all. The year of strength, the year of auspiciousness, the year of confidence. And leading up to that, uh, last year as soon as it became possible, my Prime Minister Mia Moore Motley would have visited China and met with President Xi and Premier Li. And in those discussions, we would have cemented and solidified a lot of our plans for the future. Uh, currently, we have major projects being undertaken in Barbados with the assistance of Chinese. Notably, the redevelopment of our national stadium is being um, financed via aid and grant funding from China. And we look forward to the development of that, as sports is one of the main industries in Barbados. Naturally, as well, Barbados being an internationally well-renowned domicile. We uh, have uh, double taxation treaties with most of the countries within the region and over the years that in addition to the bilateral investment treaties has made it a popular choice for Canadian companies, British companies, American companies and most recently Chinese companies who are looking to pursue wealth management, captive insurance and those companies. So it's something where we're, we're, we're seeing a wave of Chinese companies both from the mainland and from Hong Kong relocating and nearshoring towards the Caribbean region to di invest and conduct projects into those larger countries within Latin America. And this is something that we want to pursue heavily. Also in terms of our cooperation in education, I would have spoken earlier to my coming here as a student for seven years and then having a life here working and ultimately becoming ambassador, we look for more of those success stories. And to do that, we need to give the average boy and girl in Barbados that opportunity. Mm. Similarly, in education, we're also collaborating with our University of the West Indies and its Cave Hill campus. We're having strong discussions with the premium universities here in China, including my alma mater, Chihuahua University. Yeah. Why do you think it is important for Barbadian children, Barbadian students to come to China and study? Traditionally, they would go to English-speaking countries, you know, in, in Europe or in, in North America, which is at, at your doorstep. Well, that's just it. I think that we need to diversify both our talent pool and we need to diversify our skills and our capacities. And we also need to be honest and practical and look at what's happening in China right now. China is becoming the top exporter in many of the important fields for our climate transition. Uh, the production of electrical vehicles, the, the production of the solar panels, and the production of energy storage are all national priorities for the government of Barbados. And we see this synergy as something that we need to take advantage of. And the development of an engineer here with the tech expertise in China from Barbados the transfer that can happen when he or she now expands their network in China, we see that as ultimately redounding to the benefit of Barbados. Mm. Ambassador Lau, um, from your country to further tap into this potential of cooperation, what uh, is your focus? Um, for instance, we hear about this Jingtao collaboration, right? China having 
um, experience in lifting people out of poverty, you know, using um, innovation or, or ecological solutions. Uh, are there more cooperation on those fronts or what are the focuses you're looking at? I uh, will continue to focus on the trade and economic relationship uh, between China and the Trinidad and Tobago and also pushing people-to-people -people exchanges as well. But what I would like to say is that uh, in my capacity as ambassador thus far, I have really had the honor and privilege of having really fruitful engagement with the leaders of high office from the Chinese government, with representatives from the municipal government, with uh, executives from state companies, and even the children who we host at our embassy sometimes. And I think that it's really um, a great opportunity where we can learn so much from each other. Um, we live in a time where so many of our complex challenges are so interlinked and so interconnected and I think that it's important that we continue to foster mutual understanding across borders and sectors. Um, last year I had the opportunity to see how the Chinese governments have employed different initiatives based on technology um, to alleviate poverty. Um, to assist with rural revitalization and how they use technology as well as innovation in almost every single sector and industry. And I think that it's important for us to recognize and to observe that the Chinese people use creativity and innovation um, to solve some of their most complex challenges. And I think that we should continue to learn from each other. And I would really like to foster some more understanding where we can interchange and learn from each other and try to see how we can adopt each other's best practices and learn from our own achievements and successes. Absolutely. Ian, um, what do you spend your biggest chunk of energy on in promoting bilateral ties? What keeps you awake at night? <laughs> Let's put it this way. That's a good question. Uh, no, of course, the people-to-people -people relationship, I think it's important um, as the generation changes it's important to ensure that the friends of China are maintained and, and are known by those generations so they can continue. The business-to-business -business relationships, you know, there are companies that are not conglomerates, but they are successful, both here and in Grenada or the Caribbean. And um, one of my aims is to promote that relationship so those two companies can, you know, exchange and grow together. Mm. Um, and support each other from the different markets. What keeps me up at night? You know, I, I, I do believe um, I will, or I am making a strong push to encourage research and development, joint research and development in different areas. For example, the ocean. I'm fully aware that the Ocean University in Qingdao, they are well versed in ocean studies. We are, by our very nature island countries that are surrounded by the sea. Yeah. So joint research projects and exchange of information, of capacity, so okay. that we are better able to deal with our ocean, especially as it relates to climate change. How, how are we going to deal with it 10 years from now? So those joint research projects, for example, mm. even transportation, how do we as islands optimize or best utilize our transportation system? Are we doing it right? Is there something that we are not doing? Do we have the resources or are we not using the resources we have to get that, you know, especially as we are both going green and electric cars, but we need to do these joint research projects. So th that would be one of my, my biggest 
um, aims to, to achieve those, yeah. those research projects. Yeah. Do, do you have certain level of hope that there is also the kind of support um, that you, you may get for the, for the projects that you want? Oh, oh yes, I, I do believe. I mean, in, in President Xi's speech, he did um, indicate that the Caribbean should not be left out, that China should work together with the Caribbean to develop yeah. um, the Caribbean in trade and healthcare and you know, those areas. So I believe there, there is support. Um, I guess we just have to um, speak to the right government department, the right institutions, and mm. present it properly. And yes, I believe there will be support, yes. Mm. Just out of curiosity, and you know, um, whoever wishes to to expand on this, um, there is of course the feeling that China is trying to ex expand its influence, you know, <laughs> and try to compete with that of certain um, Western countries. Are you worried that by cooperating more with China, you will get more pressure from you know your traditional partners, you know, in terms of the kind of expansion of collaboration they're having with China. Are you concerned about that? Do you get pressure that, you know, don't get too close to China or you'll be tricked? I mean, if I, you're... I mean, from where I sit, I cannot speak to that pressure, but I would speak in terms of research or people-to-people -people exchanges. I think it's educational-based and it is a way to help improve the capacity and the lifestyle and the knowledge level of your people. So I, in my view, um, it's education. I don't. I don't see that as a as a problem. That's mm. from my level. Mm. Yes, of course. As a sovereign nation, you know, we don't operate on sentiment. We tend to focus on knowledge and hard facts. And the hard facts are, as I said before, China is leading the world in several sectors which are important for the mitigation and the remediation of the climate crisis. Mm. And any partnerships that we can establish, any dialogue that we can set up for the purposes of research and development can only be down to the benefit of both of our people. And I think that as we keep that laser focus on what can benefit our people and who has the capacity and the willingness and the willingness, and the willingness. to put that support wherever we need it, I think that that's how our foreign policy has always yeah. been, been, been developed. We have a, our founding father, Earl Barrow, said, we are friends of all and satellites of none. And we take that very seriously. Mm. So for that reason, we press ahead um, for the betterment of our people. And we have seen the success of how China has done that with their own people. Yeah. I wish you all the very best luck in all of the projects you have in mind. One last question for maybe um, Ambassador Henry and Ian, because they grew up in China. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a lot of people who are out there wishing to accomplish what you have accomplished, you know, mastering the Chinese language, being the only student in your class that comes from outside of China and you study pretty hard subjects, you know. So what is the secret to survive and excel in the top Chinese universities? Henry, well, keep, keep it short. I know, I, I, definitely. I think the first thing you have to do is to come with an open mind. And the immersion will, will, will take place shortly after that. Okay. I was thrust into an environment with, as you said, only Chinese students. And when I was doing both my undergrad at Tsinghua, which was the computer science, and the master's, which was Chinese politics and foreign policy with international relations, I found myself having to lean on my classmates, lean on the faculty, lean on the institution as a whole, mm -hmm. in order to not only learn, but learn how to take what I was learning, 
back to the betterment again of the relations between Barbados and China. Okay. So open mind and yeah, you, just like anywhere else, you have to commit to it. Mm. With my courses being taught in Chinese, I found myself after a while having to study twice. So I would first reach out to the professors, get my content for the semester to come, study it in English before each class. Wow. And then I would learn, so say I study in English, I get 50%, I get the other 40% in wow. Chinese, and then I go back and I sort of put it together. That's and that way I would have done for each course each year for wow. both degrees. So that, expla that explains why at such a young age, you know, you qualify as an ambassador, right, of a country, of a certain country to China. I mean, you have proven your, your, your capability, your, your quality. And Ian, you had a similar experience. Uh, what was your key right, to success? Well, first and foremost, um, fear. Don't be afraid. Jump out of your comfort zone and be willing to learn. Every, my belief, every stage in life, as you grow, you, you get to another level, but it's zero. So do not be afraid to start from the bottom. I had to learn to speak, learn to write. You know, from infant, from a toddler, I had to learn in one year. The other thing is your reaction to people. Treat everyone like yourself. Treat everyone the way you would like to be treated. Um, being the only foreigner in my class, that I was open as Ambassador said. It's openness, you know, you, we are all human beings. And what I've found, um, I was a bit older than my colleagues, and listening to their stories and their life challenges, I've already went, you know, had that experience. But here I am, a different country, a different culture, but what I'm hearing is a similar experience. Yeah. So I was able to correlate to helping out with some of their life challenges. So that created the bond. In school, um, unlike <laughs> 2006, we didn't have the Fai Ranjian mm -hmm. translation. It was a dictionary. So you get your assignment, and you'd have to go home with a dictionary and translate each word, then rearrange the sentence, understand it, and then solve the problem. So that you take two hours to translate and yeah. half an hour to solve the problem. Yeah. You know? So we had to do these things, um, balance with your banjang, your teacher, and make it work. You have to love yourself, and loving yourself means that you will love people. Be open, yeah. smile, and work hard. And work hard, work absolutely. Hard. That's, work hard. Uh, that's don't, very, don't give up. Don't give up. Many thanks to my guests, Annalisa Lau, Ambassador of Trinidad and Tobago to China, Harlem Henry, Ambassador of Barbados to China, and Ian Marshall, Grenada's Ambassador to China. So once again, shall we wish our audiences around the world a happy Lunar Chinese New Year? Let's say it in Chinese, maybe? Sure. Okay. Long Long Nian Da Ji.